just according to our performances the capacity to receive comes with so much grace because you know for sure that God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory he shall supply you speak upon it you are identified by the blood of Jesus the blood that was shed at the cross in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace he became that sin offering so what are you still talking about sin 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 that is a wrong doctrine by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified he has perfected you you have no sin once christ is the central focus of who you are and your life your identity changes your mindsets change your thinking you're living because now you're believing right you're living right through him wake up and unwind your day Réveillez-vous et commencez votre journée avec Biyoka On a heart for a soul Your word is truth It sanctifies a soul with your truth Your word is truth For a soul, a heart for a soul The light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold Healing what was broken, turn them parts to a whole Heart for a soul, a heart for a soul Yeah! Jesus Christ, way truth and the life for our souls paid the price, the ultimate sacrifice. What a love! While we get sin for death, we were destined. He stepped in as water and as blood was the cleansing laws. We were found where sin abounds, grace abounds. What a passion, a piece of passion, all understanding where God's love is present, all condemnation is passed in. For a soul, a heart for a soul, the light and warm your spirit in the dark or the cold healing what was broken turn them parts to a whole heart for a soul a heart for a soul father in the name of the mighty name of jesus we thank you for yet another day you have given us we thank you for your blessings because you're a god who blesses us you're a god who keeps us you're a god who shines his face upon us you're a god who is so gracious who is so loving, who is forgiving, who demonstrated his love through his son, Jesus Christ, at the cross. We thank you that your son, your beloved, beloved son, revealed how you see us and how you love us. And we thank you, the scripture says that the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. So today we receive the word and we walk in the word and we partake of the shalom peace. In every single life and aspect of our being. Our lives won't be the same again. And we truly do believe that. These are just not our words of encouragement. But we truly believe in the word. The word that you have given us. The word that we're standing on. John 1.1 1, 1 says that the word is God. Amen. And we know truly. That every time that we partake, every time we see you, we read the scriptures, we're seeing you, we're seeing you. And so today we welcome you in every single aspect of our lives. We don't want to hide anything from you. All we want is your light to shine upon everything. Anything that needs to be gone in our lives, let it be gone. Anything that needs to be restored, let it be restored through thy grace, Lord. But we truly do believe that our lives are going to prosper, be transformed, be multiplied, be made whole, all because of Jesus Christ, all because of your son. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for this week. Thank you for everything you are creating through the word. In Jesus' name we pray and say, Amen. So saints, I would love for us to open our Bibles in uh, the book of 1 Corinthians. I'll be reading from chapter 1 to verse 9. Amen. That's where our sermon is going to be centered in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the Bible reads, um, if you're there, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm going to read this again. He says that God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our 
Lord. So when we all look back in our lives, the past we had, the mistakes we made, the steps and the distractions we went through, to be honest with you, I'm, this I'm going to speak from my own perspective, but I truly do believe as a dear listener today, many of you can concur with what I'm about to say or you can agree. When we look back and see the things we've gone through or the hopes we've jumped and pit holes we missed and all the pits actually, some of the dear listeners or some of us that we have been picked out from, you truly do believe that it is God. You believe that it is only by his faithfulness that you're not where you were before, but you were somewhere better. You may not still see it. You may not be where you want to be or where you hope to be, where you're praying to be. But again, that does not mean that God has not been faithful. You know, the enemy lies a lot. Sometimes he distracts believers by keeping you stagnant or making you feel like literally God is not doing anything in your life. But let me just give you a very great example that he is faithful. You are still breathing. Anytime you wake up in the morning by the grace of God and you are breathing, you should know that God is faithful. Not many people make it to the other side, to the other day. But it's just by the grace of God. So that's something by the grace of God. Not even to go deeper, not for us to go deep in being too spiritual, but seeing that you have breath in you. That means that God is still giving you his own breath. He's breathing in you. Remember the scriptures. This is just not my words. The scriptures show that he breathed in Adam. And so Adam became what? A living man. That means he's still breathing in us when we're still breathing on earth. Hallelujah. So every man on the face of the earth has experienced situations, struggles, strife. To some, they have faced some issues that are of small degree or that are of a small extent as opposed to other people. And to some, they have really gone through deep things. Things that sometimes people are not very proud to talk about. Things sometimes people try to hide away so that they don't define who they are. But some of those things or issues or situations per se, we all faced in life, truly they have demonstrated how God the Father through his son Jesus Christ is faithful. Amen? And this remains that the only one child of God I would love for us, dear listeners and believers, children of God, sons of God, to always remember about the faithfulness of God through his son, Jesus Christ. Do you know that he really had an option of not really forgiving us? But he, being a God who loves us through his son, Jesus Christ, he took the different route. He forgave. He loves. Amen. And he's faithful. Amen. He's so faithful. So always remember the God who took me out of that situation, that obstacle, that hindrance, that confusion, that drama, anything, whatever it is, you can name it. It's between you and God. Right? You will see how faithful he is. Amen. We must not forget. We must not forget. We must not forget who we are in him through his son, Jesus Christ. And we must not forget whose we are. Because when we keep on that fundamental truth, we shall always be reminded to go deeper in worship and praise. Hallelujah. John 1, 12 reminds us that, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. We have that rightful place, rightful position to be able to acquire a life that is filled with the blessings of God. Amen. To always be in worship and praise and see the goodness in him. Not what we have been through, 
But to see the newness, the regeneration of the spirit, the newness of life in Christ Jesus that he has bestowed upon our lives. And many times this is something, believers, sons of God, dear listeners, beloved, we miss this and we hold on to the things actually that made us go in the pit or things that actually Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, overcame at the cross. Because it is so different for us to say, I'm a believer, I am born again, I am a child of God. And yet, we don't possess and own the covenant right that he gave us. We as children of God, living the eternal inheritance. Let us go back. John 1.12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave. You hear that? He gave the right to become children of God. We have a right. We have a right through the covenant, the new covenant, the covenant of grace. Hebrews 7.22 talks about um, the covenant of grace being the surety of a blessed covenant. This is wonderful to know that. So when we know this truth, child of God, we will learn to be restful in the faithfulness of God. I love what Romans 8.14 says. It says that for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Child of God, we are sons. See yourself as a son. If Jesus was a son of God, right? Because in him we live, in him we dwell. That means that God sees us just as he saw his beloved son. And this identity issue is one of the very, very things that we have missed. We have missed to see who we are in Christ. We have missed to know our covenant right, to know that we are children of God and everything that the Lord promised us in the scriptures, they are ours. This word is ours. This word is ours to walk in it, to live in it, to believe in it, to manifest in our lives, to manifest in every single aspect of our lives. Amen? Amen? Romans 8, 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. You know, under the grace covenant, we are identified as sons of God through the eternal inheritance, through redemption, through salvation, through the justification, right, of sins. I love uh, the scripture that says in Romans 4.25 that he was delivered up for our offenses, meaning Jesus Christ, and then he was resurrected for our justification. So when he arose, we became justified. We were freed of the remission of sins, was done at the cross. So child of God, God does not see you that way anymore. Under grace, by the faithfulness of God through his son, Jesus Christ, Christ purchased all our sins. He purchased your yesterday's sins like I started with a sermon about our past. And a lot of times, this is where we kind of also go wrong. We beat up ourselves. We judge ourselves. We condemn ourselves based on the mystics we did back in the day or past. And you know what? Sometimes it's not even people who beat us up. It's not even the enemy. I know a lot of times we say he is the enemy. But sometimes too, we also do that to ourselves. But how about if God forgave us? Why is it that we can't forgive ourselves? When we learn to forgive ourselves, and see yourselves in the image of Christ. And see that he purchased all our sins at the cross. That there is nothing that we are carrying today. That should identify us as people who were not redeemed. Then child of God you're going to have it right. Because right believing child of God. Is going to transform you into right living. Amen. Romans 5, 7, 8 says that for scarcely. For a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So therefore, child of God, we must always remember God the Father, 
demonstrated his faithfulness at the cross when Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. We who were sinners. I've really not come to talk to someone who is complete and perfected. Let me say this. Don't get me wrong. In Christ Jesus, we are complete and perfected, right? We are because now we're new. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. But I want to remind you because much as with that, many times we see that people are still struggling with emotional instability that is taking them in the past life. And so it's a reminder to make you remember that the life that he laid down on that cross was for you while you were still a sinner. But now you're not. Now you're transformed into sonship. You're, you are son of God. You're child of God. Amen. And so this is something by the grace of God we must put into our lifestyle, our thinking, our believing, our living. Because it is only in the faithfulness of God through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. That all our sufferings, child of God, were placed on Jesus Christ. And that is why the scripture says that he endured all sufferings at the cross. And child of God, in return, you and I, child of God, will receive everlasting life. Someone who has understood that, say amen. John 3, 16 to 17, let me read it up to 18. It says this really very powerful and important words. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him may be saved. Let us first put a pin right there. Let us pitch a tent right here, right? So God, having loved us so much, we who are sinners, based on the first Adam, the entire world is born in sin, right? But the scripture father tells us that those who believe, those who believe on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, amen, they will not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. And then the scripture further says that for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So let me ask a rhetorical question. Because I'm speaking to a believer, I've come to speak to a believer today. If you are a believer, then why are you going back into condemnation? The condemnation that God sent his son to redeem you from. Then why are we still going back to shame and pitfulness and self-righteousness, self-condemnation, self-absorption, all those things? Why are we still struggling with them? Why are we still in those pits? Why are we letting the enemy take us back into those places? Because we've not yet come to a place where we have truly believed that God did not send his son into the world to condemn us. Because if we know that truly he did not come to condemn us, but to give us everlasting life, then child of God, we are going to acquire freedom and liberty to enjoy the life of salvation. Have you ever woken up in the morning when you search in an environment that is filled with legalism, with the law, where you're told, don't do this, do this. This is a commandment. This is this. When you do this, God is going to do this. When you're going to do, do like every day you're bombarded with that. Whereby you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Child of God, the only problem that I see in that is that it robs you from actually walking in that everlasting life and relationship between you and Jesus Christ. Ultimately, it all comes down to that relationship, you believing on the Son of God, because that was the will of God. The will of God is for us to believe on the Son of God. Amen? John 3, 18, Father says that he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. A lot of times I've heard, I've heard 
you know, some teachings where people sort of say you can't only bring Jesus into light and you can't talk about God. But here's the thing. If God himself, he's saying in the word, you know, and revealing to us that he is his begotten son and those who should believe on him, right, will have an everlasting life. Then who are we to deny what God said? And here's the thing. Jesus Christ always said in the scriptures in John, he said that I and the father are one. When you see Jesus, you're saying God in himself. He is the great high priest. We go through him to get to God the Father. Amen. So we cannot throw away Jesus in order for us to see the faithfulness of God. The covenant of grace does not work like that. The covenant of grace goes through the high priest, the great high priest who is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We go through the good shepherd to get to the Father. We go through the bread of life to get to him. We go through him. To get to God the Father. And so how are we going to rest in this faithfulness? Is for us to rest in the Son of the living God. Who is Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Someone who has understood that say amen. So beloved. It is the faithfulness of God the Father. Through his Son Jesus Christ. That leads us not into condemnation. Amen. And because child of God. This world that we live in is fallen. It is. Without no doubt. And it's filled with condemnation. It is filled with so much hate. It's filled with so much unkindness. It's filled with so much. I could go on. And I shouldn't even go there. You just tune in, put on your television, tune in on radio, put on your whatever you can do. I don't have to go through those examples. And it's all over the world. It doesn't matter wherever you are located because I do believe Many of you who are listening in today are from different countries. But here's the thing. That condemnation is what Jesus Christ came to relieve us from. For us to know that the world for us that we live in is a world that is filled with the grace of God, filled with his blessings, filled with his goodness, filled with his joy. Hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. Amen. So he came to bring salvation to bring redemption to us who were sinners so that we could acquire a life that is so restful in the faithfulness of God. First John 4 19 it says that in this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we may live through him. Amen. So the love of God manifests, it manifests in us, we believe it, it manifests through us, only through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And verse 10 says that in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So, beloved, the faithfulness of God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ is initiated in the everlasting love, in his love. I'm not talking about our love for him, but his love. Because the Bible actually says that God is love. Love is God in himself. He is the creator of love and he is the love in himself. So this is something as believers, child of God, that is very important for us to remember. That we who are sinners, and listen to me careful, we regained our relationship with God the Father, which actually we didn't deserve based on our sins. We didn't deserve it, but it was the unmerited favor that gave us that place in order for us to be restored with God the Father. So Jesus Christ atoned our sins. And it's through that child of God that we are forever forgiven. Someone said this today, I am forgiven by God the Father. I am forgiven. He doesn't hold anything against you. And a lot of times, just because people have not had this truth, right? Many people have shunned away the word of God. They've shunned away the church. They say, I just don't want to deal with anything about anything about God. Because they have not been told that God does not condemn you anymore. 
God does not see you the way you think he sees you based on what you think, the wrong you've done. God is not here to shun you away and, and look at you like, you know, you're the worst person ever. So this is the message today for the youth, for the adults, for the poor, for the rich, for any person in any category, no matter wherever someone is. Because condemnation is something that has broken people down into a pit where someone actually, even born again people, someone can praise God, lift their hands up and praise him and speak, you know, with their mouth. But in their hearts, they're broken in condemnation, in shame and guiltiness. And some of those things for them to die is for you to remember. To rest in the faithfulness of God and know that truly his son, Jesus Christ, paid it all for you at the cross. Amen. So we must see ourselves through the lens of the word of God. Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. I love the fact that Revelation 1.5, it calls him, do you notice it says, the faithful witness. Jesus Christ was and is that faithful witness for us. He is. He is that place, child of God. He is where we are. And every time God sees us, he's seeing his son. Because based on actually Galatians 2.20, we don't live for ourselves anymore. We live in him. So anytime you come to God the Father, he's seeing his own begotten son in you. When he sees me, he doesn't see Aisha. He doesn't see Peter. He doesn't see John. He is seeing the son who dwells in you. Remember the scripture says that greater is he in you, living in you, than the one living in this world. He is seeing you in Christ. And this is where sometimes we get it wrong. Because when we come directly to God, many people think that they're coming and he's saying, oh, this is Harriet. This is uh, peace. This is, you know, Georgia. He's not. When he's seeing you, he is seeing his faithful witness. And his faithful witness is Jesus Christ. Amen. So God the Father will always keep the covenant he has spoken. You know, when you go back in the Old Testament, he forgave the children of Israel. Amen. Much as they actually, when you're reading Old Testament, sometimes you ask yourself, but really, how could these people react like this when God did all these things for them? But tell you what, they were also in a different dispensation. And sometimes we do make mistakes. But God forgave them every time. You would see his grace. You would see his grace upon his people, his grace upon his people, grace upon people. And I love the fact that in the Old Testament, grace is hidden, right? But in the New Covenant, New Testament, grace is revealed by Jesus Christ. So from day one, God always had grace for his people. He cared for them and he wanted the best for them. Much as we as human beings are very stubborn, very, very stubborn, amen? But God continued to be so faithful to the children of Israel. And today, he continues to be so merciful and faithful to us, even in the midst of our confusions, flaws, sins, all those things. He says he remembers them no more because he's saying his beloved son in you. He's seeing his faithful witness in you and he's not seeing other things. Romans eleven twenty seven says that for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. The covenant that God made with Jesus Christ was for us to have no sin upon our lives. Hebrew eight twelve says that for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So you know again, let me ask a question: If God you know, this is something really that we must always sit back and meditate on some of the scriptures. We read some of the scriptures we see or sometimes the sermons we hear. Because when you think about it, 
if God is merciful to your unrighteousness, child of God, to my unrighteousness, to your unrighteousness, and the scripture says that their sins and their lawless deeds I'll remember no more. Right? Then why do we get up in the morning and remember our sins and remember our lawless deeds? Why? You know, when you ask yourself that question, that question by the grace of God through the help of the Holy Spirit will set you free. And this is where it says that the word was sent to us to heal us and deliver us from our distractions, right? In Psalm 107.20. Because when you dwell on the scripture like this one, Hebrew 8.12, reminding you that God is so merciful and he shall not remember your sins no more. You get to live with your head high, walking with your head, you know, looking up and knowing that truly I'm not supposed to look down. I'm okay. I'm blessed. I am forgiven. I have nothing on my life that God is looking at like I am the worst person. Beloved, this is a reminder to us that we are forgiven. That God is so faithful through his son, Jesus Christ. He's so faithful. He's forgiving. He's compassionate. He's gracious. He's acceptable toward us. Actually, when, let me use this word. He has relieved us. Many of us, many of us listening in today, or many of us still, you know, living a certain life that we're not really proud of. God has relieved us from all the burdens and the cares of those struggles. Because that sort of life actually drains. It brings someone in a place where like, they feel like they're not so proud of who they are. Every time someone looks into the mirror, they're like, they're not happy about who they are. But looking at how the scriptures are speaking about him being faithful and how he has forgiven us and how compassionate he is and how gracious and merciful, why shouldn't we hold on to that every day? Why can't we let that be our language? our thinking, our believing, our living. Amen? Why can't we let ourselves learn to let God be God in us through his son, Jesus Christ? And we know that truly, if God the Father does not remember my sins, who am I to remember my own sins? If Jesus Christ redeemed me from my sins, these are things that we should be asking ourselves, then who am I? Not to feel like I'm not redeemed. Amen. So every time you let the enemy lie and put you in a place that identifies you based on your past, that always prompts you to stand on that place where you hated yourself the most, always run back to the word of God. Run back to the scriptures that I'm talking about today. Run back to a someone that is going to bring you back to Christ and you listen and listen and listen and listen because faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So let us be always prompted to stand on the word of God, to be reminded of who God the Father is through his son, Jesus Christ, and how faithful he is and how loving he is, how compassionate he is. Hebrew 10, 17 says that then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Because child of God, once he does not remember our sins, we are not meant to remember them. Much as even some people will keep reminding you, some places you go to like, oh, wait a minute, aren't you this person? You're like, no, you got it all wrong. That was me in the past, but today that's not me. You're talking to a different person. This is how we must break some of those spirits, some of those languages that have been used, you know, upon our lives, upon your life, you say no, you, you deny, you just, you like, no, I'm not lying, but I don't believe in that person anymore. Today, I do believe that I'm a child of God, I'm a son of God, and God is faithful in my life. So if you really want to know who I am, speak to me right now, because I'm different. You say that. You say that politely and kindly and be like, this is who I am. Don't accept to be taken back to a place that Christ redeemed you from. Refuse it. Deny it. Just say, no, I am new in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation. 
I think new, I live new, I believe new. So I am different. And that, that child of God right there, it's going to release you in so many ways, so many ways in your life. Amen? Because basing on these scriptures that I've just mentioned, right? When you think of them, meditate on them, right? You will realize that God is not angry with you. You will realize that you're not under condemnation anymore. You realize that you're not under any judgment anymore. Amen? And that child of God is going to bring rest in the faithfulness of the son of the living God. So when you believe and know that that one sacrifice Jesus Christ paid at the cross was for you, for you, you, you personally, you, you see yourself that it is yours. You will also learn to rest and walk in salvation forever freed. Amen. Because, you know, think about this. God loved us. He loved us and he loves us, right? And he gave us Jesus Christ to restore that relationship. The relationship that we didn't have from the beginning of time since Adam fell. Right? 1 Corinthians 15.45 says that the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Jesus Christ restored our lives to become a life. He gave us that life-giving spirit in us. That is why the life that we live today as believers, born again believers, child of God under the grace covenant with spirit beings. We are of the spirit. We're not people who we used to be before in carnality, in the flesh, in the world, in destructions. We are not that anymore. Receive 1 Corinthians 15 45. It says the first man, Adam, became a living being. You see that? Living being. And many times in the world, we consider ourselves as living beings, human beings. But the scripture father says that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So who are you, you know, working with in salvation? Are you working with the first Adam or the last Adam? When you're working with the last Adam, that means he gave you a life of the spirit. You are new in the spirit. You live in the spirit, you walk in the spirit, you believe in the spirit, you sleep in the spirit, you eat in the spirit. Anything in your life, it dwells in the spirit. This is where actually it becomes so deep that the life that we're walking in, right? In Christ Jesus, it, once it becomes life-giving spirit, because he's the one who provides that in our lives, right? You will learn to have a lifestyle that is led by the Holy Spirit. You learn that even to the slightest, simplest thing, you always ask the Holy Spirit. You ask him, what can I eat? What can I wear for this? What can I do for this? And that becomes your life. Before that, remember, like I've said, we were living beings. You just wake up in the morning, rush to the bathroom, go to work. That's it. You've not even spoken to the Lord. You've not gotten time with him or you've not acquired that deeper relationship with him in the morning. But now, when we are under Christ, things change. The Holy Spirit transforms our minds, it transforms our systems, it transforms the desires that we want, and our hearts are transformed, our minds, our eyes, the things that we want in life change based on the life-giving spirit. So the life that we live now, is directed, established, rooted in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Directed in Him. That's why He should be our helper, our comforter, our guidance, leading us every day, showing us what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Let us just not be like we were before we came to Christ, running to do things our way. But when you take time and you look back and go back and say, hold on, hold on. Let me first ask him. Let me first pray about him, about this. Let me seek his guidance, direction. Now that is truly living in the spirit. Amen. First Corinthians 15, 22 says it for as in Adam all die. Even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. We are alive in Christ. There is no deadness in us anymore. For at the cross, Christ overcame death. 
In us, there is no darkness anymore because Christ is light. We are alive. We are resurrected. Everything in our lives must be resurrected because we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Romans 5, 18 to 21 says that, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Let me first put a pin there. This scripture is clearly telling us also the contrast between the first Adam and the last Adam. It's telling us further that the offense and the judgment that came through Adam in the second Adam, it was overcome. Man was given a gift of justification from that condemnation, from those offenses, from that judgment. Amen. From the prior life that we used to live. And verse 19, Father says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Again, verse 19 is giving us a contrast between the old life that we lived and the new life. In the old life, we were disobedient. Amen. Many of you know that we never wanted to even hear anything about the word of God. We never wanted to hear about anything about Jesus Christ, right? And we walked the way we thought was right. We walked in the world. But the scripture is showing us also a contrast of the newness of life we live in Christ. It is saying that, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in the new life that we're living in, salvation and redemption. Hallelujah. You know, some of this truth, when it is revealed to you, child of God, I pray that by the grace of God, you receive it. You know, when some of these things were hidden from us, even when we were believers, we still lived a life that was almost like you're not free. But you're born again. But then again, you feel like you're not free. And it's that, that when you come back to this word and you see, if you're still living a life that is not really based on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, based on the righteousness by faith, just like Apostle Paul teaches in the book of Romans, you get to a place and think, that salvation is hard. That salvation is something one should strive for. And a lot of times many people think that. They think salvation is something that it is so filled with so much performance or effort. And you got to do this in order for God to do this for you. You got to do this in order for God to hear you. And we miss the fact that Jesus Christ is the center. He has done it all at the cross. The only thing for us is to believe and receive by faith what grace has already done for us. And you realize that any person who has acquired this truth, you will see a big difference in their lives. You will see how they are rested in the faithfulness of God. You see how things work out in their lives because they truly believe this. They believe that there's two different worlds. The world of Christ and the world that is of condemnation, the world of judgment, the world of the law. And many times we can be believers, but still we are bonded. We are bonded by the law. We are bonded by judgment. We are bonded by condemnation. We are bonded by that. And that child of God can also keep you in a pit. It can. It can. Faith can work somewhere it works. Because this is something, let me mention this, because the Holy Spirit has placed this on my heart just to mention this. Many times, if you leave this truth out, like what I'm mentioning right now in this sermon, and you leave it out, and you only concentrate and say, okay, I'm a believer, I'm just going to believe in faith. And be like, okay, this is what the Word of God says, and faith, 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 faith. This is something we always do, right? And you're saying faith, faith. But... If your faith is not based in what Jesus Christ did for you, then what sort of faith do you have? What sort of faith are you speaking about? 
And that is what Apostle Paul was teaching about in the book of Romans, revealing to us in Romans 1, 17. He revealed the righteousness by faith. The righteousness that comes only by you, child of God, believing and trusting that Christ already did it for you. And that is the word of God we must hold on to and walk in. Amen. So we are a very blessed generation today because of the faithfulness of God, the father through his son, Jesus Christ. God had to choose his child to redeem us from all these things that I've talked about from the law. Because the scripture actually says that Christ fulfilled the law. He did. He fulfilled the prophets. He fulfilled the law. So in him, one sacrifice in him overcame everything, child of God. Everything we still struggle with. Everything that we've not let go. He took it all. The only thing is for us by faith to believe. To believe on him. By faith to believe on him. Amen? So. Both seen from the old covenant and also in the new covenant, Christ overcame it. Amen. So always remember, always remember, child of God. I want you to take this seriously. When temptation comes roaring, seeking you, right? Any sort of temptation, always be reminded that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That you're born of Christ, that you're a son of God, that you're made whole in Christ. And that believing, that true believing helps you to stand steady and fast in the restfulness of the faithfulness of God. Amen. So believe you are new. You are new in Jesus Christ. You're dead to sin. You're alive in Jesus Christ. When you think right of the redemptive inheritance that Jesus Christ gave you as a child of God, on the cross, right? Through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, your life will be freed. It will be freed from sin. And this is something I want to say to you, dear beloved. Did you know that when you spend most of your time dwelling on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, dwelling deeper in his consciousness, dwelling deeper on the goodness that he has done in your life, dwelling deeper in his loving kindness, Dwelling deeper in his gladness, in his hope. Do you know, you don't even have time for that sort of thing of, let's say, of looking at sin as something that is so huge. The reason why we dwell on some things is because we have not given Jesus Christ that rightful place where he can be our deepest consciousness. But when he becomes that deepest consciousness, one you think about, one you're believing in, one you're speaking of, singing about, one you're sharing with your friends, your workmates, your everyone, that changes your life from inside out. Tell me, the two people that I've mentioned about the two categorical situations that I've just talked about, who is really going to think about sin? Is it the one who is really conscious of sin or the one who is going to be dwelling deeper and deeper in Jesus Christ through faith that they won't even have time for all this other stuff. And that, child of God, we must see the difference in our lives. What are we dwelling on the most? What are we thinking about the most? Is Jesus our priority? Is Jesus our thoughts? Is Jesus our meditation? Is Jesus our prayer? Is Jesus our believing? Is Jesus our desire? Is he the one where we run to every minute, second, and hour? Is he the one where you can share a joke with and you're laughing by you and him? When I say that, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, right? And you're sharing deepest, deepest thoughts with him every time and every moment. Now that is a life of the Spirit. And that life, someone will not be easily, easily, be used by the enemy to take them in temptation. Because all the time they'll be like, they will always be reminded of the goodness of the Lord. And it's the goodness of the Lord that leads us every day, child of God, into repentance. I'm going to give you an example. You know, case in point, right? When you're deeper in the thoughts of Jesus and you're dwelling deeper and something like a wave, let's say, crosses your mind about your past, about anything, or maybe unforgiveness or anything, no matter whatever it is, quickly 
you will be prompted by the Holy Spirit and listen, that is not you. Right now you've been thinking about Jesus. Right now you've been, you know, in worship. Right now you've been thinking about the scripture. That is not part of who you are. And quickly you will be prompted to change how you think, how you believe. And be like, oh my God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for that thought. And quickly you move on. But when that thought comes in your mind, that, you know, that wave and you dwell on it and you live in it and you're, you're just feeding on it. That is going to take you in a place that you're not meant to be. Oh, Rishitarabose. First Timothy 1.14 says it, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Faith and love are in Christ Jesus. Our faith does not come from somewhere else. Our faith does not come from, and I'm going to say this again. Our faith does not come from fasting. Our faith does not come from uh, what we've done from God. Our faith does not come from that. Our faith comes from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who gives us faith first and our faith in him, we go and do what the Lord has called us to do. Let me say something about fasting. I truly do believe that many of you are in a season of fasting. Fasting is something, it is an act of sanctification, of setting us apart for the deepest consciousness of Jesus Christ. A lot of times we do fast, people fast, believers fast, but many people don't know the meaning of fasting under the grace covenant. You know, I've been mentioning about Jesus Christ on the cross, overcoming everything in this world. Let me ask you another question, a deep question about fasting. So if you're saying you're fasting to change something, which Christ overcame at the cross, then your fasting means that you are adding on to what Christ said was finished at the cross. Fasting under the grace covenant is an act or a position, a posture where we come in order to be broken, in order to die daily, in order for Christ, remember Christ who is the life-giving spirit, to pour in us a newness of him so that we know him more. So we go deeper and deeper in his consciousness. That is what fasting under the grace covenant should be about. We fast to go deeper, to be set apart, to be released from any consciousness of anything that is not of him. And that is where the flesh dies. In fasting, it is where it dies. It is where the carnality dies. It is where things that We've been still holding on to, you know, of the world or anything. That is where it dies. That is how fasting should be about in the grace covenant. But it's not something, child of God, you who is under the grace covenant, you're meant to walk from victory to victory because at the cross, Christ became our victory. So as believers, we walk from one step to another because we're moving in his victory. And going back to 1 Timothy 1.14, and it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. So if his faith, his love is all in him, meaning that our faith starts from Christ. And then every day we go on increasing in faith in him. In him. Faith that is outside Christ is not of grace. Fasting that is not in Christ is not of grace. Believing that is not in Christ Jesus is not of grace. Anything that is not amounting or centered in Jesus Christ is not of grace. Because John 1.17 tells us the law came through what? Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So grace and truth is only and only centered in Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans 5, 20 to 21 says that moreover, the law entered that the offense 
made abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace made reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So whatever you're going through, child of God, never look at it like it is bigger than grace. Grace is bigger than that situation you're going through. Grace is much more stronger than anything amounting anything in this world. And that is why every time you go through something, just say grace, grace. You speak grace, grace upon it. Because going back to the scripture in Romans 5.20, it says that grace abounded much more. Grace abounds much more. Grace abounds much more in that debt. Grace abounds much more in that lack. Grace abounds much more in your family, in your children. Grace abounds much more in everything, be it your ministry, be it anything, child of God, anything you can mention. Grace abounds much more. So nothing should become bigger than grace. Oh, thank you, Jesus Christ, for this truth. Grace is greater. Jesus Christ is greater than anything. And that is why it takes me back to what I was saying. Jesus Christ is greater and bigger than that temptation. When you're seeing him, when you see him in everything of your life, other things become small. They shrink. At some point, they disappear because Jesus Christ has taken over your life. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Amen. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. He's there for us. He's working. He knows some of these things you're going through. You know, did you know that nothing catches God by surprise? The things you went through in life or you're passing through, child of God, I may be talking to someone today or someone you're not even yet born again or you're not a believer and just fell on this someone. You may be going through a life and you're really wondering, really, where is God? Where is God in all this? I want to tell you something. He is working behind the scenes. Something is going to happen in your life. He is working behind the scenes. Amen. So don't ever think that something is bigger than God. Nothing is bigger than him. Nothing is bigger than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Nothing. And that I want to remind you, nothing is bigger than him. No debt is bigger than him. No marital issues are bigger than him. You know, no issue, no sickness is bigger than Jesus. Everything bows down to the name Jesus. Every curse bows down to the name Jesus Christ. Anything you can ever think of, it bows down to the name of Jesus Christ. Darkness bows down to him. John 1, 4 talks about that darkness could not comprehend him. It could not comprehend his light. Then who are we to look at Certain things we have gone through, going back to what I was saying, and you consider them too big, that God cannot deal with them. He is faithful. Let us give him that place, ultimate place to know that he's a faithful God and in everything he's going to do, he has already accomplished everything. Amen? So Jesus Christ is that resurrection in the life we're living today. Child of God, see that resurrection in you. In every single aspect of your life, start to see the newness of life in Jesus Christ working in your life, manifested in your life. Start to speak things that you want to see as opposed to things that you saw before. Second Corinthians 4.13 speaks of that. We must believe and speak. The spirit of faith is believe and speak. So let us not see it, child of God, and use a language of of lack, a language of hate, a language of disappointment, a language of discouragement, a language that is that doesn't have any hope in it. Christ has given us hope. Amen? So you can now rest in this deeper relationship with God the Father. 
knowing that you are forever and ever set free, set apart, forgiven, and everything has been done for you, for you, beloved, for you, dear listener, for you. And this is where it becomes so important that this word that we listen to, the word we read, the word we meditate on, it becomes part of who you are. You personally, you as an individual, you. Amen? We are set free. Always be reminded. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen? You're under grace. You're under grace. You're under grace. I'm going to say this again. You are under the grace covenant. You're not under the law anymore. You are under Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He is your center. He is your ultimate purpose. He is your believing. He is your knowing. He is your wisdom. He is your sanctification. He is your redemption. He is your breath. As we end today, I want to remind you that if you're led by the Spirit of the Lord in salvation. You're not under the law. You're not under the law. Amen? You're not under the law. The scripture says in Romans 8, 2, that for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. You are separated from the life that you previously lived forever. You are set apart. Amen. You are now married to Jesus Christ. You are now raised from the dead through Jesus Christ. You now bear fruit. He is the true vine. We are the branches and we bear the fruit that the true vine is producing in us so that the glory of God the Father, the everlasting one, the most high can be known. Child of God, rest. Rest in this faithfulness and your life will never be the same again. Rest in this truth that I've mentioned today. Lord, we thank you so much for this word that you've given us today. We know that sometimes we get it wrong and sometimes we get it right. You know everything we do, you know our flaws, you know our weaknesses, you know our failures. You know things that we've hidden. You know the pain, the heart, the fear, the confusions. But we know also from today that we have been united together in the likeness of Jesus Christ. We know that certainly, without no doubt, he died and he rose. On the third day. And we know. That we are not old. Or we are not living in that old life. that we Like we did previously. That is God. We know that your word is truth. We know that everything was crucified on his body. And we know that today we are no longer slaves of sin, of temptation, of the past, of lusts, of this world. We're not slaves to them. We are not slaves to our old life. We're not slaves to anything that you overcame at the cross. Jesus, your blood paid it all. Your blood ransomed us. Your blood purchased us. Because it was, it carried that divine power. Jesus, today, we know and we trust in the life that you've given us. And forever, we're not going to be the same again. In Jesus' name, we pray and say, Amen. So, saints, I want to thank you so much for those who have listened in today. I really trust and know that God is doing something big. And we believe that this word is going to go forth and bear its fruit in our lives. So as we end in today's sermon, I want to give an opportunity for those who say, I want to give my life to Jesus. 
I want to know him as my Lord and Savior. And for those who say that um, I knew Christ, but I walked away, and uh, I now want him back in my life. If you're those two people who just say that, I want you to say these words with me. Say, Heavenly Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, today I believe and confess with my mouth I am saved by grace. Not through my works, not through my effort, not through my thinking, not through my performance. I know that today I'm forever justified by faith through your grace. And I believe that I'm delivered from my past, present, and future sins. And I know that when you arose, you justified me. You relieved me. You delivered me from all sin. And now renounce my old man and nature because I'm crucified with you at the cross. I am born of Christ right now. And I believe that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want to welcome each and every one of you who have given their lives to Christ today. Please write to us. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you who have given their lives to Jesus. Um, please write to us. Our email is salvation at aheartforsoul.org. And also for those who need prayers, email us, uh, prayer at aheartforsoul.org. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to keep in touch with you so you get to walk this journey, not by yourself, but through the grace of God with some resources. Actually, we'll send you some resources to help you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. And I pray a blessing upon each and every one of you. Everywhere you're going, everything you do this week, let the blessing of Abraham overpower you. Let the mercies and the grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ, be placed upon your lives, your homes, your children, your marriages, your finances, your health, your wholeness, your schools, assignments, your jobs, your workplaces. May God increase each and every one of you. May God bless you. Love you so much. Bye.